The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him. He was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him, Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhage stopped. She felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. 
the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. So you can tell from the bulletin, which is a bit messy this morning, what my world is like right now. I imagine your world is the same. Nothing is quite working right, despite our best efforts. And everyone is just a little bit on edge, me included. Maybe not just a little bit, you know what I mean? Somebody asked me this morning, so how are you doing? And I said, just this side of nutty actually. We all feel that. You know, this is our circumstance right now, collectively, not just as a parish, not just as a community, but really as a civilization, as a society. We are in the midst of trying to recover from a massive trauma. 600,000 Americans dead, 4 million nearly now, worldwide. And still, family members of our community living overseas are succumbing to the virus. That kind of trauma doesn't go away overnight. And our society does not recover easily from that. We are in the process of just beginning to figure out what it means to seek healing together as a people, not just as individuals. And so things are going to be just this side of nutty for a little while. That's normal after such a massive trauma. Today's gospel reading was likely also written down in a community that had just suffered massive trauma in the second half of the first century. Many scholars think that Mark was put to paper in Antioch, where a bunch of Jewish Christians had fled from the Jewish wars to the south, and the Romans were either on the threshold of Jerusalem, or they had already marched into Jerusalem and raised it, including the temple, to the ground. Their whole world had been destroyed. And now there was major conflict in the Jewish milieu for the future of the tradition, and there was this little group of people who had started to call themselves Christians who were trying to figure out where they belonged in all of this. And of course, we'll never know. We can only speculate. Perhaps the Romans are knocking at the door their swords already drawn, or perhaps a number of the Christian community died as they made like refugees to the north, or perhaps some of them have already been taken out by the soldiers and killed. This is a community profoundly traumatized. And it is to this community that Mark takes two stories of miraculous healings and weaves them together to tell them something about how God responds to their trauma 
and to invite them to take up the way of faith. The narrative opens with Jairus, who probably would be something like you would find as a good resident of southern Marin. Probably a man of some means, certainly of some import in the local synagogue community. He was a known person, probably with some respect. What's fascinating is that he appeals to Jesus to heal his unnamed daughter. It's interesting, Mark refers to her as a little child and then notes that she's 12 years old, which in that society probably meant she was on the threshold of young adulthood. Nevertheless, the fact that Jairus appeals for her healing is remarkable because we're talking about a highly rigid society in which she was probably an economic burden on the family, and that would continue until a dowry was paid and she was married off. That's how it worked. Mark trades in the characters of many unnamed women in his gospel. He seems to point to them as exemplars of faith. The other unnamed woman in the story I only just caught this week, and I've read this story many times over the past 20 years. Who is that? Her mother. And being a good Jewish household, I have to imagine that Jairus didn't go to the door of his own volition, or as my grandmother used to say, his own violation. He was probably driven there by his wife. Go and find the healer. Get healing for our daughter. I had to look far and wide on a Google search to find an image that included her mother. But did you catch that in the narrative? Jesus invites the mother in as well as the father when he raises the girl from the dead. It's a remarkable image, and I looked and looked and found it yesterday to share with you all in the email announcements about today's service. This is how Mark operates these unnamed women. They are held up as exemplars of faith. Jairus' faith is not so clear. He has to be reminded by Jesus to not fear and believe. And the people around Jairus very clearly understand how the world works. When you're dead, you're dead. What do you do? Well, you start the lamentation process, which they were doing by the time Jesus shows up. And then when Jesus says, she's only sleeping, they laugh. They know how the world works. You know how the world works. Dead means dead, doesn't it? The traumas of the past always, we fear, might consume us and our loved ones. Isn't that how the world works? The Romans were about to or had sacked Jerusalem. Didn't that mean the end of all things? Do we lose everything to this pandemic? These are the questions that chase our steps. 
These are the questions that Jesus has come to address. Jairus believes enough to go into the room with Jesus and his wife. My guess is his wife's faith towered over his own. She was determined to get what she needed for her daughter. But you notice Jesus doesn't shunt Jairus aside. He reminds us elsewhere that it only takes faith the size of a mustard seed. Remember the mustard seed in the Holy Land? It's as fine as dust and as inconsequential. It only takes that much faith to leave an opening for God to act. But then we have the middle story that Mark drops right into the middle of this narrative about Jairus and his family. And we have another unnamed woman, the woman of the crowd. This is a woman who has been hemorrhaging for 12 years. Hint, hint, that's a long time. You know it. I know it. You know the frustration a little bit of what she might have experienced. Every time she tried to get better, things got worse. She spent everything she had to find healing. And on top of that, Mark's Jewish Christian audience would have known she was ritually impure, which means she was probably shunned by her neighbors. And to even dare to touch a faithful Jewish man was to invite severe retribution, if not death itself. But she has reached the very end of her hope. She has nothing to lose. So she seeks Jesus out in the crowd and she simply reaches out to touch his clothing and finds herself healed. Jesus doesn't have to tell her to have faith. Jesus doesn't have to tell her, don't be afraid. Jesus doesn't have to tell people to go away. The disciples, as usual, don't get it. They're clueless. You can ignore them for now. Instead, Mark lifts her up as an example of what true faith is. And her faith, like the faith of so many nameless women in his gospel, have a faith that stands head and shoulders above everyone else's. A willingness to offer themselves wholly over to God for healing and renewal and new life. You could say she has voluntarily made herself just as vulnerable as Jairus's deceased child on the bed. Everything is in God's hands. And it is there that God is able to act. My sisters and brothers, their witness to faith is to be lifted up as a lesson for all of us in our journey in this traumatic time. 
we are to do what Jairus and his family and what the woman of the crowd did, and that's to offer ourselves with open hearts to God and Christ for healing. It will be a journey. How many steps did the woman in the crowd take before she was able to touch Jesus' clothing? How far did Jairus' wife have to go to get him to get out the door and go and find the holy man? How long did they wait at the house after they had been told that their daughter was dead? But all we need is a little bit of faith. Perhaps to remind one another, do not fear but believe, or to simply put one foot in front of the other until we find ourselves in arm's length of Christ's loving, healing presence. God will take care of the rest. This God, our God, who comes into the midst of our trauma and offers healing, who refuses to leave us alone in our darkest hours, who in fact raises the dead to new life. listening to the sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.